each one of them has one arm and they're pulling you and that it'd be lovely if we could find that gray area because that is really who we are it's the gray So every year around this time, my birthday, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, it is my 30th birthday. (laughs) My dear friend who is more than a friend to me, she is my non-birth mom, we call her, and someone who inspires me so much and is one of the most interesting, creative, and caring people that I know, Sasha Jones interviews me takes over the podcast and we I I think I called it in this episode I give my state of the podcast address <laughs> and I kind of catch people up about what the year was like for me and we've done it for the past several years I think we skipped last year maybe but Sasha's been on the podcast for an episode years ago we met in a really kismet way in 2013 which I think in 2013, I had her on the podcast. I've been doing this for seven years. So this is something of a birthday episode for me and for the podcast. Sasha lives in New York in the East Village, which is why I lived in the East Village. And we record this episode remotely. She's at their house upstate and I am in LA. And we just had this really interesting conversation. It's a long one, so I'm going to get to it as soon as possible, but we talk about the messiness of feelings. We talk about being an extreme person, having divorced parents, getting older, moving, change, finding home, creativity, overwhelm, overthinking. It's such a complicated, interesting time, and I hope you, wherever you are, are cozy and safe and well, and that this conversation makes you feel a little bit less alone, entertains you, makes you laugh, makes you think about something differently. It was like therapy for me, which was lovely. As you'll hear me gush in this episode, Sasha is truly one of the best people ever made. And I'm not just saying that because she's my non-birth mom, but she's a wedding officiant, a ceramicist, a really good person. She is one of the best cooks that I know. And she she's taught me a lot of things and she's taught me a lot about creating community, which she's really good at. She leads these holistic wellness groups and just, you'll love her as much as I do and check out everything that she does. And it's my birthday. So celebrate yourself today, do something nice. And if you are listening to this in real time, the day it comes out, April 30th, tonight or today, depending on where you are in the world, at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be doing a Instagram live birthday party talent show where a lot of old podcast guests will be coming and sharing an update or a story or telling a joke or singing a song or sharing something about where they are. And we'll just all get to connect and I want to raise money for a cause that I love and just chat with you guys. So if you want to come, that would be really cool. There's no sponsor of the podcast this week and 
you know, maybe not for a while, but I'm going to try to keep doing this for as long as I can. But I do want to give you guys one more update before you hear me chat with Sasha. Two years ago, I decided to turn Let It Out, this project that I started in 2013. The podcast, as you know, my writing, my work, connections with other people into a digital magazine. And I invested in 2018 in a website, a brand, a strategy. And I have this tendency to focus on the frame, getting all of those things together as a means to distract myself from the content of that frame, the work. I can put the cart before the horse. And I definitely did that in this situation. I lacked the capital to fund a publication And digital media was rapidly changing. So several magazines and newsletters that I adored, like Lenny Letter and Rookie, were closing. And I realized that I needed to pivot this project to something more sustainable, but it was too late. And the site that I originally requested was already built, and everything that I wanted to do to change that would have been out of scope. So... I had this shiny new website, but I had no budget to fill it with. And it was just a big mess. It was like I had this empty house that I couldn't afford to fill with furniture. And I couldn't let that idea go. I had invested too much money, too much time. So I did the next logical thing, which is throw a party. (laughs) And we called it my work wedding. Maybe you heard me talk about it here on the podcast. It was complete with a cake that was made by a baker. It was really good. Actually, I didn't get to try any. That's a lie. But it looked like a cloud for Let It Out. And we had party favors. The party favors were handkerchiefs because I was going to make whoopee cushions, but I couldn't rationalize the environmental footprint of whoopee cushions. Get it, let it out, like feelings, you know, but handkerchiefs are really sustainable and great. And my grandpa used to use them. So we had handkerchiefs that said, let it out that my cousin made. Oh my gosh, you guys, it it was, it was beautiful. Sasha was there. And after this launch party, I went back to my apartment in the East village and I cried and cried. And I thought, what was I thinking? I just felt like a doofus that had made this expensive mistake and I didn't know what to do next. So I moved out of my apartment in the East village and I embarked on what would be nearly a year of solo travel. Honestly, I'm still kind of on that trip right now, but I moved out of my place. I went to Paris and Berlin and Amsterdam and London, and then I came back to New York for a minute. I traveled a bit in the States, and then in the new year, I went to Bali for a month in Australia, and now I'm here in California, and it has been so much change, but eventually I got another idea in one of those countries, feeling my feelings and just seeing how I could pivot. I was moving, 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 moving physically and with my work that I just needed to stop. And eventually I got another idea, which is the idea for the kits. Since I spoke to you last, I have launched a new website and I feel kind of silly saying that because I made such a big deal about the last website, but this I feel like is a series that allows me to create the content that I wanted to put in the magazine in a way that's useful and sustainable. And I know that these kids could also fail, but if they do, I'll learn just like I did from trying to make a magazine. I wrote about this in my Let It Out letter, and if you're not on that, you can join (laughs) 
But I said this, you know, failure is maybe just the uncomfortable moment before pivoting, before doing something else. And I know that none of this really matters and it's a privilege to be able to create at any time and connect with people like I get to do. And I'm so grateful, especially right now in the midst of a pandemic. But I just want to share this because A, it would be really cool if you could check out the kits and B, I think it's cool to be honest with you. Like I was in a really rough place last year. I was so depressed. I was so sad. I was so confused as what I was doing with my work. I had left a full-time job that I had worked for six years to maybe make a magazine or do something, keep doing my podcast. I wasn't sure. And I want to be able to keep doing this, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what the world's going to be like in a little bit, but I did make these kits and I'm so proud of them. So the first one is a free journaling 101 kit. It's about writing for emotional wellness and it is available and free on my website. The link is in the show notes. I think this is a really cool time to start journaling if you've never journaled before. I don't know what I'm thinking unless I'm writing. Journaling helps me sort through my overwhelm tendencies and my thoughts. And it's a cool way to go into different pockets of your mind. This kit on journaling has tools on heartbreak, intimacy, and connection, and evolution, change, growth. For some of us who find ourselves having more time right now, it might be a really cool time for self-reflection Or maybe you have less time, maybe you're homeschooling or overwhelmed and they're there for you when you want to check them out or start journaling. I'm going to be dosing out journaling kits on, and they're not just journaling kits, it's every tool and process and interview and piece of art that's helped me collaged into this format that I'm really proud of and took me a really long time to create. So the next one I'm launching is called Write, and it's kind of the next level of the journaling kit. It combines writing for both emotional wellness and then writing to share. And then after that, I'm going to make one called talk, one called pivot, one called body over the next seasons quarterly. But right now, the ones that are available are the breakup kits. And a couple of months ago, you maybe remember me oh, talking about breakups over and over and over again, because I had one that really took me out. I think Sasha and I talk about that a little bit in this episode, but After I came back from one of my millions of trips this year, I got this idea to make something that could support people through heartbreak and breakups and jarring change. And the interesting thing was there were kind of two phases. Like the first phase after a breakup, I really felt like I just needed to soothe. I felt like a raw nerve, sensitive to everything. And so I made this digital zine called the Soothe Kit. And it's simple, it's just 10 days, and it will be everything that I did to help myself to feel a little bit better. And now today, the day I'm recording this, the Solve Kit is live. This is the next level part of that. When you're ready to move on, let go, release, and grow, using heartbreak as a trampoline to grow, it's eight weeks and potent. (laughs) It's everything I've learned, you guys, and I hope you really like it. It's everything I'm using to become a better person and better for my next relationship. I would love to know what you think. 
I know a lot of people are feeling so many feelings right now, and I hope that these kits can be supportive. I love you so much. I'm so grateful that you're listening, and I'll talk to you at the end. Hi, everyone. I am here with one of my favorite people in the world to talk to, one of my favorite people in the world in general, Sasha Jones. She's been on the podcast 100 million times over the last seven years. And a couple of years ago, I don't remember exactly when, but we've recorded episodes in her place upstate where she is right now. We've recorded episodes. I've recorded several episodes in her apartment in the East Village. A couple together. A couple I've just been in her space recording episodes remotely. We recorded episodes when I was in Michigan. And we started a couple of years ago this tradition of sorts where around this time, around my birthday, which also coincides... Actually, I didn't even tell you this, Sash, with the birthday of this podcast of Let It Out where Sasha takes over the podcast for the day and kind of interviews me. But I was saying to her before we started recording that I am kind of sick of interviews and just really in the sense of, you know, question, answer, question, answer. And, and that's, you know, that's not nothing new. That's what this podcast really has been since the beginning or at least a couple of years in when I got more comfortable, but I'm really wanting a conversation, a free form, long form interactive, getting a good volley going conversation. And Sasha is one of my favorite people to conversate with. <laughs> so thanks for doing this. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's you're so welcome. You and are happy a pers- birthday. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Almost 30. Almost 30. And when people are listening to this, the day it's coming out is going to be my 30th birthday on April 30th. Golden birthday, if you will which I read recently was something that someone in the 50s made up for her children. She was someone in Illinois, I think. I don't know where I read that and made these birthdays lucky or special. And so I'll take it. Ah, that's interesting. I always thought Golden was 50th, like when they talk about anniversaries. Oh, yeah. They say whenever you're turning the number that you were, so yours was when you were a kid, it's supposed to be special. You mean the day, like the day of the month? Yeah, yeah. So if you are on the 21st of the month, it would be your 21st birthday, that sort of thing. Okay. I was eight. Right. I remember the thing I mostly remember about being eight was I got kicked by a horse and I had a chipped hip bone and I was in hospital. Oh my God. And I remember it because I had a nightie that said, I am eight. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and there was a nurse who was very mean. She said, um, "I don't know why you're crying. A friend of mine is about to have a baby, and that's much more painful." <laughs> oh my gosh! That's so. It was the seventies. Wow. Think that, yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually. A, I don't know if I actually knew that story. I'm wondering if you actually were eight, or like, what if you were nine or seven and just were wearing the nighty? Or are you sure you were eight? I was definitely eight. Yeah. Okay. That was so one you have a 90 that says I am 30. 
No, but I have to, you made me pajamas for my 29th birthday. So maybe that's what, that's what my 30th birthday pajamas will be. Maybe it will be a mask that says I am 30. Yeah. <laughs> well, that story you brought up, I don't think I'd heard that before, but I might have because the sentiment of it reminds me of something that we've been talking about in these last several months. And something that you said to me, a piece of wisdom, which you've given me many, um, that I keep repeating to people. And I don't know if you made this up or if this is a Sashaism or if this is something you heard elsewhere, but I think it really ties to the moment we're in, meaning the pandemic of, I had something that I was sad about, I was bummed about a couple months ago. And you said to me, I don't know if you remember this, even a paper cut hurts because Mm -hmm. I was down. I was like, oh, well, you know, comparatively, like this is really, you know, not a big deal and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like maybe you told me this story of like what that nurse said to you. It's like, okay, maybe that's true. But also (laughs) like what happened to you getting kicked by a horse being a child (laughs) is really terrible. And to be little, that doesn't help you feel better. It just makes you feel worse for feeling bad. And I think a lot of people are feeling that in this pandemic of like, and I feel it too, like I'm really grateful for my situation. I'm also sad about some parts, you know, and I know I'll be nostalgic for this in some ways. And also I'm excited for when it's over, you know, there's, there's, but you can feel both things at the same time. And I heard Russell Brand say, like thinking about how other people have it worse doesn't allow you to show up in a better way or help people more. Like it's just gonna keep you stuck, you know? Yeah. I don't believe that we should have to preface every single thing that we say. If we're feeling bummed out, we don't have to say, I know that people have it worse because we just know that. That's true about any scenario that there are people in the world who have it worse, but it doesn't take away from what we're feeling. I don't think I heard the idea about the paper cut, but I I do use that often. It's like, you know, when you cut yourself on an envelope and it hurts like hell, you want to put a Band-Aid on it and you want some sympathy. And it's, you know, yeah, it's not really a big deal in the grand scheme of life, but it hurts and it's, and it's worth the moment that you can honor it, you know? So. Yeah, and I think we both grew up and I think we've talked about this of like, and I think this is maybe a thing for women in general of, it definitely was the case for me. Like I always had perfect attendance and I never really learned to feel my feelings because I was so busy being like, all right, pocket it down, move forward. It doesn't really matter. Like keep going. And I don't think that that's, that's actually created a lot of mental problems in me (laughs) of like not really knowing how to feel or how to express myself. It's literally why everything is called let it out because I spent, you know, 20 some years just pushing everything down to the point where I, and I still do this now. And I, that's why I need this more than anything. It's like my tendency is to be really nice and say, I'm sorry. And that's a big mask for anger and like rage and expression, you know? Definitely. In fact, I was just having that conversation with one of my lovely clients just this morning, actually, about how it's such a cultural thing that has been going on for, for many many layers of our of our ancestors where we we have to as women suppress 
the feelings. And so a lot of that stuff can come out. We can so easily be able to cry, for example, but to express our rage is less easy. Yeah. For most of us, it's just been, you know, that's just kind of what is expected of us. But yeah, we should really try and like button it in or stiff up a lip or, you know, put on a brave face or whatever the many expressions there are for that same kind of idea. But don't feel it too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not wanting to take up too much space, not wanting to be too much and also not feeling enough. And it's that spectrum for sure. And then going back to, you know, the prefacing everything with, I know other people have it worse, but like that also it's like, well, who am I to express my rage or who am I to feel angry when dot, 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 you know? And I think, you know, I'm wondering if if you feel this way. I feel this added pressure where I feel kind of stunted creatively and not even creatively so much as, but a little bit with what I'm sharing on social media, especially like I used to really not overthink that and I was able to put it out there and I, I posted like twice a day and it was just a thing and it wasn't a big deal. And now I'm questioning and overthinking everything I do in a way that I never have before. And I think part of that is because especially a couple of weeks ago when everyone was still warming up to this and a month ago, even when, you know, now the initial shock is over and we all are understanding the situation, but everything was heightened. Like everyone's emotions were a little bit heightened. And so that didn't really help anything. But to be honest with you, I was feeling this, you know, well before the pandemic of just this, you know, feeling like I needed to put that pop up in front of everything I said, because I was afraid of being attacked or I was afraid of being, you know, I think it is really important to talk about our privilege. And I think it is really important to acknowledge that there are systematic social justice issues that make me, you know, vastly more privileged than other people. And I am aware of that. However, and not however, and still being able to express and talk about my feelings without, yeah, with with acknowledging that. And see right now, it's like, I just, it's a bit tricky because I am not going to be able to be an ally to anyone else if I'm feeling sad and stuck and stifled and you know what I mean? So it's like both things have to happen at once and I'm just wrestling with that and navigating that and I don't know. Do you have any wisdom for me? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know if I have wisdom, but I definitely. I know that you're a compassionate person, and you can be compassionate and know that you are privileged and that other people have it far worse than you. But without having to say that every single time you express yourself, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I know that about you. Most people who you're conversing with will, do know that about you, also. And I think that it's, it's just okay to say, this is how I'm feeling right now and still be a compassionate human. Yeah. I guess it only takes one time for someone to not know that and call me out on that and then spiral of, you know, I'm insensitive or I did, you know what I mean? So it makes me want to say it every time, you know? Yeah. I guess there is something about when you're putting yourself out there to the larger world that that makes sense that you're expressing that ahead of time. Like in your recent newsletter, you 
were very clear about that. Like, you know, I know this, this, when you were talking about your zines and stuff like that, you were like, I know this isn't the biggest deal compared to what's going on in the world. And that, that is fine in that context, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure I have yeah. wisdom, actually. I wish that I may, did. No, that, no yeah. that is wise. I mean, I think you're right. I think like in a, in a global sense, if I'm saying something to a bunch of people at once, yeah. probably wise to mention that just yeah. in case. But on an individual level, that's what you're saying. That's what you're like with your friends, with your family, with people close to you who know you. Yeah. That's the part that I think you're saying that we don't have to keep beating that over and over and over again because you know it it it's might known be, yeah, yeah exactly yeah and it's just like sort of just go for it just feel okay and expressing what's going on with you yeah exactly yeah which then gives permission for the other people to do the same exactly and that's why it's so important too it's not yeah. just for us yeah so how are you feeling <laughs> today <laughs> and in general and no need for, for pop-ups um, in, <laughs> within the pandemic, within the pandemic not happening? Just, yeah, give us a little bit of an update. It's interesting. I feel as if I really, I know there's so many memes about it, but I honestly don't know what day it is most of the time, which is strange. And, and sometimes you know, exactly what you're talking about. Like I sometimes I'm like, I can't believe it's still winter and it's still snowing. And then I could easily be like, oh my God, what a baby, you know, like get over it. There are people in much worse situations than having to contend with snow. Oh, but, you know, um, I'd be complaining of the, about the snow if I'm there. <laughs> I literally couldn't deal with it. And so I left. <laughs> but I'm like, I just want to be able to go outside and feel warm. And I think there's something that about the snowy coldness that keeps me very curled up in a little ball. And so I don't, I don't feel as motivated or as inspired as I would like to be. Uh, I definitely have a list of a thousand things that I would like to be accomplishing and could, and I, and I don't know why I'm not, but I feel like the, the cold weather does play into that for me anyway. I sort of, I just feel very shriveled <laughs> in that yeah. way, like shriveled into a ball. But on the other hand, I've been reading and cooking and sort of doing my best. Like Mike and I are making a conscious effort still to um, keep up with our daily yoga practice. And we try at lunchtime to have a little bit of a lunchtime wiggle of some kind, just with probably an eye on health and immune boosting at the forefront of everything. So more than I could be using this time to be in my pottery studio or whatever, I think that very, very top of the list is being well. And so it is superseding everything. And I think that's fine. You know, I've been really into making fire cider and homemade gluten-free flatbreads and kombucha. And it's not doing nothing. You know, it's, it's, it's nourishment. And that seems to be the winner at the moment for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important. And for people listening, it's not so far off than how you normally live like those things are really important to you but it's cool that you and Mike get all this time together and and the slowing down to be able to do that more even 
Yeah, I feel lucky that I have a very, very good uh, quarantine buddy. You know, we, we get along, we don't fight. You know, this, I know that it's not easy for everybody in that regard. I think that some people find it more challenging, even with the people they love. And uh, especially people with kids, I know, are struggling a lot, teenagers especially. <laughs> you know, I think that can be hard. So I do feel very lucky in that, in that sense that we just have a kind of a very calm way of communicating with one another. And even though we both have niggly off days, We've so far been quite good at not pushing each other into irritation or scrapping or <laughs> tiffs or anything like that. So that feels, that do, I do feel very lucky in that regard. Mm, that's so great. I also feel lucky about my situation. You know, you've said to me, you know, like, I'll never forget this. None of, none of us will. You know, it's kind of going to be one right. of those things that I'm fascinated with asking you and all of your friends who have become like my East Village aunties because you're my non-birth mom. Like, where were you on September 11th and hearing about the East Village before I lived there? And I think all of that is fascinating. And this is, this is one of those times for sure yeah, that we'll all definitely. be talking about. Oh my gosh, definitely. I keep thinking I, would, I wish that I had started writing a diary or um, even just a making diary or the things that I've been making. But Yeah. And then I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, maybe I have been journaling more because I had that same thought about a week ago because I know I want to write about this time. Like I've been thinking just a lot about writing in general. I think that's a question that someone submitted too. Like what have I been writing? Yeah. And I've been reading this book that's really great. Have you ever read Mary Carr? Mm, don't think so. She wrote this book about writing, about nonfiction writing, about memoir. And it's really, really good. And I've been reading it for a couple months, like here and there, just like tapping into it when I feel like it. And so, you know, I've been writing these personal essays that you know, Sash, that I've been writing lots of them for, for months, actually really about a year because... Last March, I started taking writing classes in New York. And then ever since then, I was working with a writing teacher who's been on this podcast, Jessica, and just still still writing kind of everywhere I went. And I haven't really shared many of them yet um, because I submitted them to places and they all got rejected and they still are getting rejected. Um, so I really sat with that recently. And something that, this is a whole tangent of what we were talking about, but here we are. Basically, I had this thought, I was talking to my friend who happens to be a therapist, but isn't my therapist. You guys might know her from the podcast because she's, she was on a couple of weeks ago, Brooke. And I was talking about how Pete Holmes, the comedian, has this line where he says, follow the dream that's also following you. And I was just kind of like, God damn it. Like, maybe I'm not meant to do this because it is not working and it is not going well. And why am I, I'm kind of writing about the same thing in a different way over and over and over again. And I had this thought with her about my writing that I was using it as a coping mechanism to not feel my feelings and let me backtrack and explain. And what we were talking about previously, which helped me to get to that conclusion was that I, like we were talking about before, grew up 
being modeled. If you have a feeling, push it down, keep going, perfect attendance, blah, 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 as I've Mm -hmm. already addressed. And so for me, learning how to feel my feelings, learning how to express them, to be in my body and not in my head is something that I'm very self-aware, but it's the embodiment and the putting it into practice where I struggle. And I have struggled for years, ups and downs, non-linearly. And where I'm really noticing right now is is the biggest challenge. And journaling even is very intellectual, right? It's like intellectualizing. And I can sit there and I can do my morning pages and I can become very clear about what the trigger is and why it made me feel this way and blah, 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 blah. But if I'm not just like allowing the tears and crying, or if I'm not listening to the song and feeling or expressing my rage, which I don't even really know how to do, you know, like all Mm. of those things, like that's the real work. But instead, I talk to you about it at length, or I will send you a really, really long voice text about it, or my friend Brooke, or I'll talk and talk and talk and talk about it in therapy or on this podcast. Or I'll write a really well thought out, articulate essay and I'll rewrite it and rewrite it and send it to people and get feedback. And all of those things, what I'm realizing is it does not, just because I'm self-aware of it and just because I wrote an essay about it or talked about it or shared it, it doesn't mean it's gone. It doesn't mean I processed it. It doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean the pattern is broken. It just means that I'm aware of it. And so I really realized that this is a coping mechanism for me and something that I, you know, need to just kind of examine more, I guess. Does that make any sense? It does. And it's interesting because you've talked to me about this before, but I'm hearing it fresh right now. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing is almost as if the, the writing that you're doing or even the talking to people, it's almost as if that's an art piece that you want other people to approve of or hear and give you feedback on. Whereas I think sometimes a true morning dump, as you articulate so well in your book, is it's not that. It's not well thought out at all. It's just messy. It's it's ugly writing. It's you know, the the worst handwriting. You can't even read it back. It's um You don't know what you said one sentence ago. It doesn't matter if you wrote the same thing yesterday or the day before or tomorrow. It's just truly like, bleh. And that sounds really different to you really trying to articulate yourself well or submit it to somebody or share it with somebody or to be understood. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you could allow yourself more true dumping on the page, then you would get closer and closer to feeling it rather than intellectualizing it. Yeah, I think that's that's wise. And what you were saying about me sharing my work, that sense of me wanting feedback, it's not really feedback so much as validation. And like you mm-hmm. said, to be understood because we all yeah. want to feel understood, right? Like yeah. that's intimacy. Yeah. And I'm craving, if I'm feeling lonely, I'm craving being understood. I'm craving connection. And those things allow that. But my friend told me about this in astrology, you have your North node and your South node. And I guess your North node is like what you're meant to 
move towards in your life. And mine is Aquarius. So it's like activism and helping people and, and altruism essentially, which seems quite like noble. But my <laughs> South node is in Leo. And so your South node is everything that you, they say like past lives and you are very, very comfortable in. It's the part that you have really kind of mastered from a last life. So you just kind of come in being pretty good at it. And mine is in Leo. So mine is being seen. It's sharing. It's like, I give me from, I never had to learn this. Like from day one, give me a microphone. I want to be in front of people. Whether you believe in the astrology or college, just like I was an only child, but like I came out of the womb like this. Like I do not get nervous. I've never had stage fright. Like I'm just sharing about myself is like not, you know, and I feel weird saying that it makes me feel kind of like that's embarrassing a little bit, but it's just true. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have to, Learn like a lot of people. The person who told me this, she was saying that hers is the opposite. Like hers is moving towards learning to speak and learning to share, and I don't have that. And so, anyway, I bring this up because it's like the comfortable part for me. The easy part for me is talking about it and sharing and writing about it and publishing it. But the uncomfortable part is the internal work. It's the, yes, I think you're definitely right of like a true morning dump or, you know, which is very similar. It's the, she's referring to the exercise in my book, which is based off of Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way's Morning Pages, which is, you know, essentially three full pages, front, back, front, just dumping and moving through your thoughts. And I have done that a couple times first thing in the morning in the last couple of weeks. And I have gotten to ideas or insights or like essentially this new development that I've had about how I'm using my writing and I'm using my speaking as a, you know, it's like what they say to comedians, like not to use the mic as therapy. I think I'm kind of using talking to friends and talking, writing essays and, you know, sharing on the podcast even as as a way to like thinking that the validation will make it go away, but really like nothing will make it go away. It's sitting with it. It's allowing the feeling in and, you know, self-awareness is good, but it's just a first step. And, you know, I, I'm very aware. I had this experience the other day where I can see a feeling bubbling up or much rather like I can feel a feeling bubbling up. Like I was listening to this wax catchy song the other day and I would listen to that song last year over and over again like walking around New York City crying and in Paris in the rain crying like just being so incredibly (laughs) sad and it was kind of my song that I would just it was my song of last year and they were doing a tiny desk concert Kevin Morby and wax catchy and I wanted to watch it, of course. And I did. And the first two songs that they performed were like really kind of light and happy and new and from this new album. And then they do this, it's the song Farewell Transmission that people probably know. It's a cover of someone else, but they do this really beautiful version. Have you heard it, Sash? No. I feel like I've sent it to you or like oh, I, maybe would, I would play this at Record Club. <laughs> at <some laughs> um, but anyway, so they do this. They, this is the last song they're performing. I'll send you this Tiny Desk concert. I know I've sent you them because I love their Thursday night concerts at my favorite part of quarantine right now. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Which I sent you them. But yeah, yeah. anyway, they start to play this song at the end. And I'm just kind of, I'm like multitasking as I'm watching this Tiny Desk concert. I'm like, I don't know, maybe working or like doing something else. And that song comes up. And 
I hear the beginning of it and I know they're getting to the part at the end. And I just like, I can feel, you know, when you like wherever you feel the feeling in your body, like I could feel it bubbling up and I just pushed it away. Like I could actually feel myself be like, nope. And then I turned off the music and I like turned on a podcast or something just to get me like out because I was like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that right now. I don't have time to do that right now. Yeah. Sometimes that's actually true. Like if you can't actually feel a feeling, but like in this situation, I could have, and I just fully moved it. And, and I, I just thought that whole experience was really interesting because I was like, oh, that's how it's done. Like, I guess I just would have needed to go into that. And it's not what I want to do ever because it's solo. It's insular. I so much rather like this, what we're doing right now, I rather talk about the feelings than feel the feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's something we're so afraid of it and we're afraid that those feelings or that sensation in your body is going to last forever. But it sometimes just lasts the three minutes of the song, right? It sometimes just isn't very long, but you just have to ride it. Yeah. Like a wave. Kind of the, um, oh, I'm really terrible with this swimming thing, but I know because I, I should learn it because it could save my life. <laughs> it was But you're supposed to go with the current, I think, something like that yeah. instead of fight it. Yeah. Or like in a, in a car accident, like they say you don't want to tense up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's so counterintuitive. It's really, you know, learning new habits is really hard. And especially yeah. something that's been ingrained for so long and reprogramming and repatterning. But I- I'm just more aware than ever right now. I think I just have this mirror up in my face of like feeling a lot of change in myself, reflecting over like me today to me a year ago feels like night and day. I look physically very different. I feel different. Like it's just a lot of newness. And I like to think hopefully for the better, but you know, I I told you this, I'm having a lot of jaw pain, like a really intense jaw pain. And Mm. somebody, our mutual friend told me that it's um, related to unexpressed anger and rage. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And I heard that and I was just like, yeah, probably is. <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. I just I so want it to be just like a quick fix or a a thing I can do or I just need to write this journal thing or eat this food or take this thing or like do the one thing and it's it's so much more abstract. Mm. I wonder if have you ever done any any sort of really just messy? I know you love collage and stuff but I'm wondering if you've ever allowed yourself to do just really messy projects like finger painting or something that doesn't have an end result just that it is about the process of physical expression no I haven't I mean you know you swooped me up and took me upstate where we recorded a podcast (laughs) like right after this breakup that was so a lot for me and I made all these really sad collages (laughs) do you remember that and while you were sleeping I put them out (laughs) like an art gallery for you (laughs) of course I remember I think they were very beautiful they're very thoughtful and also had the intention of being observed 
<laughs> you know, I think, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, when I'm saying that, it's not to say like, you shouldn't do that. I think that's also really beautiful. <laughs> but I think there's, that <laughs> there's something to doing stuff that you never want anyone to see yeah. or you never care if anyone sees, or it's just that it's really squidgy, squelchy. It could be making a mud pie or really the ugliest get like make a whole bunch of colors into one squidgy brownish green and tear it across a page that you rip the page and there's nothing beautiful about it because it's not about that but I think there's really something to that kind of play yeah I love doing it with clay I mean I obviously with clay I love to make a product but I also like just sort of in recycling of the clay of just like squishing my hands through it and just the physical feeling of that can be so amazing yeah I really I think you're right I think you're you're on to something I, I know I haven't done that and I think that that would be you know I I'm always like oh, I'm creative and I'm making art but like my art is my work I guess or it's writing or it's this like very sort of measured situation and I think something messy and not with the intention to be seen it's uncomfortable right it's so um, uncomfortable and it's also have you been listening to Fiona Apple's new album a little bit of it yeah we talk about this we did my my friend Aruziak sent me that and I just love her the warble in her voice it's really beautiful yeah this album is you know I really think that you should carve out some time to like maybe go on a drive and just listen to it or hopefully a walk soon it gets nice out or because I tried to listen I tried to like put it on while I was multitasking and I was like nope nope no 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 this is something that needs to be <laughs> yeah. like listened to and then there's this really great Emily Nesbaum wrote this profile of her that you know it sounds like she really spent like a year with her I'll send it to you Sash and they talk about the process of her making this album and she basically became a recluse in her place in Venice. And you can hear the sounds of her dogs and she recorded it there. You can hear these sounds and it's just, it, it's beautiful, but it's messy and it's raw. And I think, you know, I was walking around, I was going to say the city, but I guess this is a city. I was walking around my neighborhood here, listening to it and just like, Music helps me tap into that a little bit, tap into feeling because it can activate that a bit. But that that feels like what she's doing feels like an example. She feels like someone who's good at that, who's yeah. good at doing exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that you could do now. If there's like, it's funny because I was thinking of a beach, but the beach where my mom lives and where I grew up, that it's very muddy because the tide goes out so far. But most beaches in LA and not like that. So you, you can't find somewhere that's really muddy probably, but I don't know, even sand and just making kind of squirmy, mushy, muddy sand piles or something. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I went to this Balinese healing man when I was in Bali and he, I mean, I went to several, so I've told you many stories. So this is maybe not I had this really intense water healing. Yeah, I think that I sounds told you amazing. About. The black yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I can I can maybe tell in here, but I went to this other Balinese healing man and 
I, he told me several things, but I, one of them was, I, I don't know if I've shared about this on the podcast. Maybe I have, but you know this well. I hurt myself like pretty bad last year or just had this injury that maybe was there and got activated. Who knows? But I went to our collective family doctor <laughs> um, that Sasha sent me to when you hurt your wrist, right? That's when you started going mm-hmm. to this doctor. Anyway, a lot of time and MRIs and not being able to exercise and just a lot of pain with that. And one of the, and so that was like a big thing I brought up to this healer. And he, he was like, one of the things he prescribed was for me to go to the beach and bury my legs in the sand, like up mm. to my belly, like you do. And yeah. I went to, to Byron. I went to Australia after that where I, like where I was in Bali and Ubud. I, I wasn't near the beach at all. But like the next day, I think I was leaving to go to, to Byron and I would have been on the, the beach a lot, but it ended up being a flood, whatever. I, I was on beaches quite a bit in Australia, but I never did that. So maybe when I am at the beach next, that is one of the messy things that I do. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it will like heal that. me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or it'll feel... Some, you'll feel something. You'll feel different. Yeah. Or it'll just be weird yeah. and I'll be sandy. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but it will be fine. <laughs> exactly. I thought of something that I did the other day that was in this vein. Because oh, cool. I love stuff like this. I just love yeah. messy play. Um, but we have on our sink, we just have a small compost bin that is like a temporary place before we dump it in the big compost. And the other day, it was, had some eggshells and coffee grinds and few other kind of mushy, messy things in there. And maybe I lemons. just, maybe, but I don't think so. It was like really mushy, messy okay. stuff. And I started just stirring it, just stirring, 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 mushing it up, cracking this, the eggshells and for no purpose, except that it was fun. And it was just really, it was, it reminded me of when I used to babysit and I would, um, with kids, uh, we would, I would have them make these weird pies and sometimes we baked them and sometimes we forgot they were in the oven and you know all kinds of things like that but it was play it was absolutely play and I was there just stirring up this small amount of compost in a very playful silly way that had no no purpose no end result nobody was going to look at it nobody was going to praise me for it it was just play and it felt so so fun it was so fun and Maybe that's something you could do. Just, you know, you, whether you can compost or not, I don't know, but you can gather some food scraps from your roommates and just make mud pie and maybe even bake it. <laughs> what it smells like. Yeah, and, weird, uh, gross, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like sort of a little weird science experiment or something. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think that's healthy and. I guess play is when I was saying that I was thinking, well, play is maybe more the the thing that we don't really allow ourselves to do. Yeah, it's interesting. How how do you feel with this? Because I was telling this exact story of, you know, listening to that song and just that that's an interesting example because it happened this week and I could just see myself doing it because I I've been going around for years and on this podcast, people who've been listening for a while have heard me say, Oh, I'm so in my head and on my body and I need to feel my feelings and blah, blah, blah. But that was just an interesting moment where I, it came up and I chose to not do it, you Mm -hmm. know? And there have been times where like I have, it has come up like listening to the piano 
Apple album where I like did carve out the time and I did try and who knows, I could have gone deeper, like whatever, whatever. But you know, it's both. But yeah, I guess I, oh, I was telling Carolina this story and she was just like, that's so funny that you're so self-aware. And like people close to me have said this to me. I think you have, I know ex-boyfriends have, like people who really have been able to see me clearly have pointed this out to me of like, it's so interesting how self-aware you are yet. There's still like, you can't quite like, you know it better that you don't need anyone to point it out to you. Like you're meaner to yourself, to yourself than, you know, anybody is, but you just like, there's, it's the execution, you know, where the issue is. Um, and so she was saying that she can't actually do what I did of like choosing not to when she's overcome with sadness or something like it's not a choice. She's not even aware of it. It just happens, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because I was like, oh, that must be the pattern I picked up or like that must be something very ingrained. Where do you feel like you fall in that? Yeah. I, I think probably I do feel the feels when they happen. Uh, I don't know if I always did though, because I definitely grew up in a bit of a like, you know, I think my natural tendency is to feel it, but I think there was also this like, uh-oh, no, you can't do that. Stop being so emotional, stiff upper lip, um, mm-hmm. put it away. That would be the model I was supposed to follow, but I think that my natural way is to feel it. I think one example that popped in my head just as you were speaking was when it was probably a year and a half after my dad had died. And I think at the time I didn't necessarily process it quite as much because I was officiating his funeral. But then a year and a half passed and I I had done lots of processing, but there was this particular moment and I was just, I had an image pop in my head that came up as if it was a memory, even though it wasn't a memory, it was just an imagination. But my knees completely buckled and they just took me out and I was walking down the street and I just was on the ground sobbing and it just there was no control I couldn't put that away I couldn't shelf it I couldn't say you're out do this later it just took me out yeah so that that comes to mind but I'm sure I've also been pretty good at putting it away to a for a more appropriate time yeah. And I, and it, part of me is like even grateful that I have that skill set because sometimes it's not safe to feel your feelings. And, you know, if you're in public or whatever, I mean, I think I've been crying on the streets of New York City and on airplanes, you know, for the last <laughs> year and a half. But yeah. But you've also talked about that in the terms of like, if you need to, to take a shit and you're walking down the street on First Avenue, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I think that like, yeah, part of me is happy that I have that skill, especially like, you know, when I used to work a corporate job, like it was useful to have that in my back pocket. But now that you were talking about that experience, I was like, oh, I've had all of 2019 was like that for me, basically. Mm -hmm. And that was a beauty of like, I think there are some really big emotions, really at the surface, raw emotions that, you know, I I wrote (laughs) it as I do. I wrote an essay about this that I read (laughs) at my weird, funny work launch party for a thing that never happened um, that I had last year. But it was the story about like becoming softer, essentially, of like mm-hmm. I had become so disconnected from my body and rigid and controlling that I 
totally lived in that other place. And then something so emotional happened in my life that I suddenly lived on the other end of the spectrum where like, I remember so much of last year during the time when I was, when I went upstate with you was like right in the middle of that, where I was just, and you, you remember this so well, probably because I would just cry every time we were together. And I, you know, I remember crying with you at a coffee shop on your birthday. I remember crying at your apartment a lot. Your apartment was kind of like the place I went even when you weren't there and just cried a lot. And I would cry going down the street in New York. And I had this awareness, even when I was in it, that I might be nostalgic for that someday. And it's Mm -hmm. not really that I'm nostalgic for that, but I, and this is like kind of the sentiment of that essay. and, And what I was trying to convey was like, it is a spectrum of like being so raw and so emotional that I can cry on a moment's notice, but I don't want to live there either because then I can't, you know, be a citizen of the world and, and make things and be productive and all of that. And like, I do want to be able to do that and, and ultimately be able to be there for other people. You know, I can't mm-hmm. be always be the one needing comforting. I want to be able to comfort others. And that's where I, I really, and not that it has to be, you know, like extremely this for that, but it was discombobulated for a lot of last year. And I do feel more resilient now and stronger now, but I think maybe I have gone to the other direction as a coping mechanism to, you know, not have to feel the intensity of that. It's not like those feelings are gone. It's not like that sadness isn't there for that experience. It's just like you told me and I didn't quite believe time, time. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it's still there. It's still just as sad, the whole situation, but I don't feel as connected to it anymore because I don't remember it as much, you know, I'm like Mm -hmm. desensitized to it more. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, I know you dance, but do you dance like completely free form ever? No, I think I need a lot more. This conversation is just prescribing me a lot more free form things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. Like I just, I mean, I love to dance with people and, you know, all that, but I love just completely pretending that I am Martha Graham and I, I think I look so cool, but I know that if I were to see a video, I'd be horrified, but I just like, just dance and pretend to be a bird or a flower or a tree or a ballerina or whatever, but I love it so much. And it, and it's where I, I feel a lot of, I express a lot of the the feelings that don't have words, they just, it just, it's so fun to come out in, in dance. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I need to do for sure. I mean, what song should I, you don't have to tell me right now, but you can tell me, give me an example of one next time you're dancing to one and I'll put it in the, I'll share it with other people too. But there's this really great, you know, Marley Grace who has done the podcast and, and I love, do you yeah. remember her? Uh-huh. He has an Instagram account called Personal Practice. Have you seen that? I can't remember too many. Anyway, Instagrams. it's just her <laughs> dancing to one song a day. Oh wow! It's really no, you know, she's, she's a really beautiful. I mean, she's a professional modern dancer, but these videos are, are really really beautiful. And anyway, yeah, I just really admire what you just said and and 
and what Marley does, like moving, I think dance is something to move through feelings and yeah. I, I definitely don't do. recommend putting the camera on, like don't, yeah. don't have it for that purpose. Like it's not about what it looks like or what other people think about it or anything like that. It's like, it's really about just letting your body lead you. It's sort of about twisting and twirling and curling up and stretching out and just letting your body lead the way instead of your head. Yeah. All right. I'm on it. I said I've got a lot of work to do, but really it's the opposite. Like I have a lot of play. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we're we're told to stop playing when we get to about 12, I think. You know, there's something happens around puberty that we just told us to grow up I was watching um have you seen the amazing show well the book and the show Little Fires Everywhere it's one of the Reese Witherspoon no but I saw it pop up for me the other day what is it uh it's it's a really really good book and they've made an eight part miniseries on it which is I love it's so beautiful that I'm sure the author loves that the book can be really spelled out in the series if it's a film you have to cut out so much but it's like it's pretty much true to the book but there was this moment in and it's sort of uh, I can't really explain it but it's uh there was a moment in there when a dad is speaking to his daughter and in the same mouthful he tells her that she's just a kid and to grow up And I was like, that's it. That's it right there. That's what we're told around that age. And, and then maybe always afterwards, it's lighten up. Come on. Just it's, we're having fun and just grow up at the same time. Like mm. this uh, duplicity that's just really confusing. Yeah. But we definitely all need to play. And I think it's, it's really why people drink a lot or you know I think it's because that's the only time that we let go and like tap into our inner child (laughs) yeah I have this friend who is in sober recovery like recovery from from drinking and I remember and I really really relate to the 12 steps and recovery and like I, I just think that is that construct is really useful for me because I have a pretty addictive personality where my my stuff goes is not there, but and I have many others. And she was saying with like for me, like I I have trouble as as you know, and maybe some people listening know I've I've talked about this before, eating meals and eating enough and feeling grounded like at one time because I like to be this kind of like vata up in the air floating and like I get a high off of that like a dopamine that I'm very comfortable with and being in my body and grounded is more unknown to me and feels like something I want to be far away from like I have a lot of baggage with that and so I yeah it's like I want to feel connected like when I can feel it's that really kind of open free form whatever whatever and she was saying that like she one day was like, oh, that's so funny because I actually feel more connected to my body when I'm more full and grounded and I, I'm able to feel more. And for her, drinking was like her way to feel. And she was so afraid to be sober because 
she was afraid she wasn't going to be able to feel and be be connected and be kind of loose to do that. Mm. And when she changed that habit to a different habit over a lot of time and work, she was able to, you know, find that through that groundedness. And I remember having that conversation last year and being like, that's so interesting. It's so opposite for me, but maybe I could change it too, you know? And yeah. I liked the expansion that gave me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. One thing that we talk about a lot is overwhelm because we both have a tendency, we're kind of professionals at that. (laughs) (laughs) And you said at the beginning of this that you had a whole to-do list of things. And I was just like, that's so us. Like that is an us thing. Yeah. And so I knew I was talking to you today and in my morning pages, I wrote down three quotes about overwhelm. Could I read them to you? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And this one really relates to what we're talking about. It's by Mary-Kate Teske. Do you know who that is? I don't even know Mm -hmm. who that is. I found this on the internet. We can look it up. She says, I feel so much that it is hard for me to feel anything at all, which kind of is like that one quote from Before Sunrise that I'm constantly saying over and over again, which is like... Wait, can you say it again? I feel so much that it is hard for me at times to feel anything at all. Huh. And what's the quote from the movie? It's You've heard me say this probably, but it's Julie Debley's character says, there's so much I want to be doing that I end up doing not much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely feel that way all the time. <laughs> I kind of, I, I like the, uh, or it makes me feel like I'm a cat chasing my tail just because <laughs> that's, you know, just constantly spinning around in a circle but not accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, it's funny. In fact, I had our mutual friend, Didi, one of your East Village aunties. Mm-hmm. She did a new moon circle yesterday. And I highly recommend it to anyone listening next month. But it was... She's the best. She, did, she had us do a journey and a sort of a guided meditation journey. And we were all lying down on our various places around the world and she was guiding us and I, I know I fell asleep. And afterwards when people were saying things like, when you asked us to make a choice on this path to turn left or right, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't do it right. I, I don't remember saying that. I just napped. And afterwards I realized that it was the first time, certainly since we've been in self-isolation, but probably for a lot longer than that, that I've actually just really, truly rested. And I came out from that thinking, oh, and and simultaneously, like, well, maybe three days before, I had accidentally come, like, clicked off of Safari, which had about 50 open tabs of possibilities. And at first I was distressed by that. And then I thought, oh, fuck it. It's really good that I now don't have to worry about that recipe that podcast, that uh, list of all the courses I could take and stuff like that. And it was really kind of good. So that I don't even want to w- tell you this, but you can't <laughs> get that back by going to your history. Did you know that? <laughs> well, I could have at the time, I think, but many days have gone by. Yeah, I'm but, Okay, go on. I just... Yeah. I do sort of know that intellectually that I could have retrieved it if I yeah, wanted yeah, to, yeah. but I think there was something really refreshing about letting Yeah, I've go. done that before too. And then also about letting myself 
not follow the assignment in Didi's guided journey yesterday. Like it, it was okay. And what I needed was to truly rest and just drop into nothing. Because my tendency is to keep sort of alert, like keep my brain wide, like, okay, I got to pay attention and make sure that I'm doing this correctly. And um, I should be doing this and I want to knit this and I want to sew that and I want to make these things and I want to clear out my studio and I want to write. And this, this should be the time that I'm writing my book and I should be doing this and this and this. I'm like, oh my God, Jones, just give yourself a break. You know. And somehow in the last, well, since, since yesterday's, workshop the new moon workshop I feel more relaxed about that stuff I'm like I can only do one thing at a time and if that is just plodding along and nourishing myself and not much else that's completely fine oh that's so good that's so good I think you'll like this quote it kind of speaks to that some days you will feel like the ocean some days you will feel like you're drowning in it oh yeah I saw this Venn diagram about surrender. One side was surrender. One side was discipline. And the middle part, the overlap was flow. Hmm. And I think that that speaks to this of like, just like I feel like I go a little bit crazy if I spend too much time alone and I feel a little bit crazy if I'm too much with people, I need to have a Goldilocks there. I think it's the same with surrender and free form and a little bit of discipline because yeah, I can feel a little bit discombobulated if I'm allowing myself so much freedom, but I also know I have a tendency to uh, to go the other way with so much rigidity and it's you know, it's it's we've talked about this a million times, but it's that gray area. It's finding that nuanced and you know i tend to be an extremist and an idealist but it's that finding the that in between space and knowing that like you'll never live there like balance i don't believe in either it's coming in and coming out and you know getting to that center see i'm just thinking as you were speaking then i was thinking both you and i come from divorced parents. And I think your parents, much like mine, are very different from one another. And I think we probably both inherit qualities from each of our parents, as most people do. But when they're separated and so different, that can be the conflict that lies within us. It's like, and it's sort of that good. Yeah. Right. It's like that idea that you are betraying one or the other when you're being in one expression of yourself that looks more like your dad and then then the other one looks like more like your mom and and it could be a betrayal to the other parent that sort of being pulled each one of them has one arm and they're pulling you and that it'd be lovely if we could find that that gray area because that is really who we are it's the gray is us wow (laughs) It's the Venn diagram. It's the connection. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. <laughs> I hope wow. it makes sense. Yeah. It, I hope it sounds sensible, but it's... You uh, should be a therapist. <laughs> it just wow. really... I don't know. Like, like I wonder... Before, did that just come up right now? I think I've thought of it before, but it, as you were sort of describing the Venn diagram, it became more clear. 
that pull in directions and that it was the gray area that represented when, when you were speaking, I was like, that's you in the middle. And the, the one is your mom and the other is your dad. And then I thought, oh, wait, I'm like that too. And right. I wonder if that is something other people of divorced parents feel, or if maybe everybody does, maybe even if your parents are together, yeah. but they're very different, you know, you're just pulled. Yeah. But I do I'm think if too. you, I mean, do, did you, or do you still feel pulled back and forth between the ways of being of each of your parents? Yes. And I'll explain more, but for people listening, I'm really curious, like you were saying, if other people feel this way, because this is yeah. like so uncanny yet, huge yes for me, as you know, knowing a bit of about each of my parents and how opposite they are. I'm wondering, and please let us know, like tweet at us and comment on Instagram and stuff. A, if your parents are still together and you still feel this way. And B, I don't know if this would work if your parents are pretty similar, but maybe it does because if your parents are pretty similar to each other, then maybe you don't have the big extremes like we do. But in my case, yes, my as you know, my parents are, are very, very different. And my mom is the discipline, rigidity, and my dad is more the, the free form. And I definitely identify more with my mom. I think my nature is more my dad for sure, but my nurture is more my mom. And I, I didn't live with my dad for most of my childhood. So I think that that is just more ingrained and in the relationship I have with my mom is more full on, I guess, is a way to say it. And, and the so, learned behavior that just by living with her, you more developed. Yeah. So that's practice. For sure. So that side of me tends to be stronger. And then when I go over to my dad's side of this, to use the analogy, I feel uncomfortable and like I'm almost doing something wrong and yeah. that I need to be that it's bad and that I need to be more disciplined and then I need to be more yeah like I don't stop feel betraying your mom <laughs> 100 yeah 100 yeah wow this is really really thank you <laughs> how much do I owe you for this <laughs> It's interesting because I think this has showed up for me in, in different ways throughout my life, whereas definitely growing up, going back and forth between two parents who are very, very different from one another, but also then moving to England when I was from Wales and feeling a, the pull between those two cultures and then moving to America. And then there's the sort of the pulls between the British culture and the, the American one. And then even, oh, this is silly, but when I was both bartending and being a holistic wellness coach at the same time. And in each world, I felt not quite like I belonged. Sort of in the bartending world, I felt like I was too much of a goody-goody. And I, you know, I would do straw-free Sundays and get on the nerves of all the other bartenders. And you would put chlorella <laughs> in the drinks, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was just too, like, so cool. too, too um, book and stocky crunchy for the bartenders and then in the holistic world I felt I may as well have been you know smoking and staying mm -hmm. up all night and drinking whiskey even though I didn't that's sort of like the vibe that I felt other people perceived me as and so there was a lot of conflict and and now it's almost like I have that city mouse country mouse yeah pull. so there's yeah. it's kind of always around me the the conflict in 
just the physical world or the emotional one or the play versus work. You know, my mom's definitely like very productive and she sews and cooks and never stops and wallpapers. And I have that in me, but my dad would just sit in his chair with his feet up, drinking his cider and laughing out loud to the books he was reading and slapping his thighs and listening to jazz. And I have that too. But I always feel like one is judging the other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because I think in a way... I've met your mom and she's so lovely and your dad, every time I hear stories about him just sounds like the coolest guy ever, but maybe in a way, or I'll, I'll speak for myself with my parents. Like I think they were judging each other and in Mm -hmm. my case still are. Yeah. So I think that that, yeah, that becomes, that becomes ingrained in us. But as you were speaking, not so much with the parents thing and this, the two sides, but like what you were saying about, Sasha was in for people listening the very what was it the first class of IIN and Institute of Integrated Nutrition which everyone has done now it's like a whole thing was it the very not first? the first class no no but it was still when it One was five so it was yeah like it was in two, person 2006 I think yeah so it's just just I just wanted to like put into perspective like you putting chlorella and the drinks and taking away the straws was like way before it like that's a trendy thing that like everyone is doing now but (laughs) no i know yeah it's so funny but anyway you bringing that up of like you being those two sides of you bartending and holistic health coaching and city and country and england and american like to me that is a cool like that is what makes you you and what makes you unique and authentic. And I think that's very alluring about you. Like, I don't want to work with a health coach that is just like, like, (laughs) I want the, that's my personality perhaps, but I think it's the, it's the dichotomy that is creativity. You know, I think it's the, the push pull of having these two things happening at once that is actually, yeah, there's just a lot of, Creativity is maybe not the word for that. Can you think of another word? I don't know. It, it's like something that that's what that's the uniqueness. That's that's cool, and everything else is like. Um, oh, I, I found a ladybug right now that's just like crawling. <laughs> is that lucky or something? Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, does that make sense? Well, it does, and I, I think it's the same as honoring the feminine and the masculine qualities of ourselves mm. or the, you know, the, the dark sides as well as the light sides and, and all of that. We, we all do contain multitudes, both. multitudes. Yeah, exactly. And just if we can look at it from the simplicity of looking at who our parents are or, or going much, much deeper, it, it's just, it's just pretty cool, I guess, just to, and then when we can do that, we can take away a lot of the judgment that we have. Say, I should be do, I should be more studious, or I should be more creative, or I should be more of this. But saying, well, actually, all of those things are a part of me, and I do make time and space for all the parts. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love this. I could talk to you forever. We've been going for a while, and I feel like we should. Wind it down. Wind it down. Yeah. Are there anything? Yeah. Do you want to quick fire ask me all the questions well, or any I'll questions? Quick, quick fire with some of the questions that your listeners had. Yeah. And, and, um, any that and also just have. anything I can think of. Um, yeah. Well, Didi wanted to know from your travels, which have been 
amazing over the past year. You've been in some amazing places. What was your favorite place and why? And I guess, where did you feel most at home? It's so good. I love Didi. And this is great because I, I actually haven't really talked about my travels at all on the podcast. And I haven't really unpacked this or processed it fully. So maybe we should do like another episode yeah. later. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the situation was I went to Europe for a month. I hadn't left the... But let me take it back just briefly and we'll we'll say that this will be a, a separate podcast. But I'd never left the country until I studied abroad in college and I went to Spain and, and traveled around Europe a bit when I was in college and really fully changed my life. And I met my first boyfriend and all my friends and it, it was the first time I'd ever really left home. And then I didn't travel again out of the country for almost a decade, like nine years. And then last year when I was so sad, I followed my best friend, as you know, because I booked the ticket upstate with you, remember? I was like, should I, yeah. go, should I go to Paris? I don't know. And you and Mike were like, you need to do it. Like, just book your ticket. Like, you were like, enough, you know? And so I, I followed my best friend on a work trip to Paris. And then after that, I was like, that was amazing. How do I not do that all? How do I structure my life so I can do that all the time? And I spent a month in Europe in August and September. And then I got back to New York and I was like, I uh, need to keep doing that. I don't like, I was so kind of like shaky and stunted. And I was just like, I, I want to keep doing that. How do I keep doing that? And I spent a couple of months in New York temporarily. My belongings live scattered around New York City right now, <laughs> like in your apartment. I think I have some things upstate and friends' apartments. And then in January, I spent January in Bali and I spent, I spent February in Australia. And then I, got to LA and was meant to be here for two months, but then it was a pandemic as everyone knows. <laughs> so that's why I haven't really fully processed it or unpacked it or like, I just kind of came back and it was like, like making decisions and like sorting out what, you know, was happening with the world. And you haven't actually got back home yet or to whatever right. your like sense I'm of home is. I'm still working yeah. out of that same carry-on suitcase that I packed in January. So you know, a thing is, it's just going to be the weirdest year of my life. Like, I'm very discombobulated seasonally because I fully missed a winter, which was my goal in this. But yeah, I had this thought yesterday where I'm like, oh, I feel like fall's coming because I just feel like <laughs> I've had summer and it feel it is fully summer, feels like summer where I am. So, Didi's question, I, I feel like I need to reflect on a little bit, but I'll say this you know, I spent a full month everywhere that I was in this in this last trip of you know my time in Bali by the time I was leaving I had ups and downs and it was not linear and it was an it was an arc for sure but I was not ready to leave when I left and I felt like I had figured out Bali when I was there and I knew what I liked and what my like I had made it my home and I was meant to actually go back because I was like I don't know when I will be this far away again, I want to go back and get a little bit more out of this. And I ended up not being able to do that because of coronavirus. But then the same thing sort of happened in Australia where like at the beginning it was jarring because it was like, oh, I was just in Bali and I really kind of got the hang of it there. And it was a lot of solitude. And then Australia was a lot of around people. And again, by the end, I didn't feel ready to leave. I felt like I had more time there. And I, I got back to California and I was my plan was, and I don't even know if I told you this, but was to like try to get a six-month tourist visa and spend a big chunk of next year there and really be there because, again, I did the same thing where I really 
found my way. And by the end, I had made it feel like home. So what I get from this is that I can do that wherever I am. You know, it takes me a minute, but I figure it out. I, I can find my home anywhere. And I think that that's a quality of resilience and a quality that I probably didn't possess when that is a more on the spectrum of of parents that we were kind of talking about or extremes that we were talking about. That is something that the more rigid, more disciplinarian side of me wouldn't have been able to do, wouldn't have been able to be fluid. And I, even that first trip to Paris, I really struggled. And I have a lot of regret about that actually, but I, I can do that now. And I have fully, if anything, I'm, I'm more on the other side now where I can, I'm really malleable. And part of that is with, with food and exercise and body stuff. But part of it is with, you know, just being a bit more, more free form with work and with connection and, and with a lot of things. So I didn't fully answer Didi's question, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. The, the answer hasn't been formulated yet, but there was lots of other good stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think it's like the, the answer is kind of, I don't have one. It's like, I can find yeah. my home wherever. And I don't really even have a favorite, although I loved Byron Bay so much. I also loved Bali and I also loved Sydney and, you know, I, I yeah, I, I loved it all. Well, maybe it was that you were able to find it in your heart. Maybe that was the favorite yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. Still yeah. working on that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the, one of the questions that I have you, for you is that in this time of being self-isolated, have you found it helpful to fall into some routine and ritual or is it each day as it comes? Yeah, I'm actually probably more routine and ritual now than I've been ever because as you know, last year especially, but really all my time in New, New York was so running around and doing a million things and saying yes to everything and like seeing the city and just like being down for anything really as a way of like not spending time where I lived and just being out. And I I actually am happy about that because I think I did a lot of things that I maybe wouldn't have done, but all my choices are gone now. You know, like it's not like, oh, which coffee shop should I go work from today? Who should I go out to dinner with? Where should I go work? Like, it's just like, just got the one place, just got the same people. Like, you know, yeah, that is really liberating to me because as you know, I have this very, you know, kind of OCD thing with decisions where I'll make a decision and reverse a decision and overthink it and blah, blah, blah. And so that was just taken away temporarily. And that has been really nice and I think healthy for me and a nice rest. So I was very nostalgic for this period of my life where I lived in Michigan and I didn't have not right at the end because right at the end I did, but my first couple of years living alone in Michigan, like right around the time I met you actually, I was basically quarantined. <laughs> like I just, because I just like didn't have any friends and like there wasn't really many places I liked going. So I didn't really do anything except work and um, like talk on the internet. And in that time I started this podcast, I wrote my book, I worked full time, I taught yoga, like I was doing, 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 but it was this very like, alone sort of measured in my apartment by myself way. And 
I was feeling nostalgic for that while I was traveling and last year in New York, last fall in New York, especially of like, I just want this break. I just want to be able to catch up on things and work and do whatever I want. And this has really scratched that itch for me. So every morning I I try to get up at the same time. I, I've been wanting to get up earlier even than I am. So I, I try to get up at like 7.30 and I'll kind of like do some like physical therapy exercises or stretches and I'll do my morning pages and I'll drink some water. And then I commute. So I leave and I go on a walk and that's when I like listen to voice texts and I listen to a podcast or I listen to something and then I'll come back and I'll eat something, get into work. And then I usually have like calls in the afternoon. And then in the evening, I I, I usually will like try to go on a walk around noon, to, not around noon, but around like two. And then I, in the evening, will go on a walk and call a friend in New York and, and talk to talk to some friends and go on another walk. And then I'll come back and you know, eat dinner, watch something, go to sleep. So I kind of do have, and I, I have amazing roommates here too. So we hang out sometimes, which is like, I'm really grateful that I have the mm-hmm. best with both worlds of like, I'm not fully alone, but I also am not with anyone that I'm in a, you know, relationship with or a long-term relationship with where, you know, we really are, we keep joking here that like, we really got some good karma or something of like the situation that we're in. <laughs> yeah. Really, really nice. Um, so anyway, so yes, basically. <laughs> ah, that sounds good. Sounds really good. Yeah. One of the questions somebody asked was, are you staying in LA, which I added to, or will you return to New York City? Uh, I think you've probably answered that in that saying your, your travels ha- are not complete. I sort of, I, maybe I'm reading that wrong, but I feel like this is still part of your journey and you're still heading you're heading back east <laughs> eventually. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah. haven't really fully told you this even, which is like, this is live <laughs> on the podcast. But I I mean, my plan was to go back to New York for the summer because I love the summers in New York. All my stuff is in New York, um, as we've covered. And, you know, really you being there really means a lot to me. And my friends are there and like most of my people are there. But, you know, living in New York is is hard and expensive and I don't really know what's going to happen after this. And my plan was to, you know, spend the summer in New York, maybe come back to LA for a little bit, maybe continue traveling, go back to Australia, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think traveling is going to be as easy or to get that visa as easy now. And I think it, I'm really kind of seeing this as a sign that I probably need to root somewhere and get, an apartment and and spend some time somewhere. And so I haven't even told you this yet, (laughs) but I'm thinking I might do that here. And Ah. I don't know when or where, and I will come back. I will come back to New York for a little bit of time. I'm probably going to, I'm going to try to stay here for as long as I can in the midst of this. Um, But going to New York for the summer now doesn't really make sense, especially because I don't have a place and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. So it's kind of really, it's free form. We'll see. TBD, but but maybe we'll see. All right, I know. So I, I need to come and visit you a lot because you're like literally you are the biggest reason I would miss New York. Yeah, you've got a few more reasons. <laughs> well, honestly, it's like it's like that's the number one. <laughs> Not even joking. Um, 
Well, I think you've probably answered these questions before about what your favorite books and movies are. I think your favorite movies are the Sunrise movies and Serendipity, but I don't know. Are there others? <laughs> well, you know, I love Josh's movie, Happy Thank You More, Please. Yes. And I always yeah. use this, this episode of the podcast to give kind of a state of the union address for Let It Out and tell about the things they're working on and stuff. And so one of those things, did I tell you this, Josh, how I'm working on a new series of this podcast? No. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you okay. So Josh Radner, who's been on this podcast and made this movie called Happy Thank You More, Please, that I really love. And um, the sentiment of that movie is is essentially gratitude. So I'm kind of, as I was saying at the top of this, sick of the interview format of, you know, hearing people's life story. And I really want to talk more about the present and what's coming up as we've done in this episode and as we, you know, do in real life, live, good conversations. And so this new format of the show will allow me to have guests on again without, you know, getting the same episode. And so Sasha will hopefully come back and do an episode of this and and a lot of people that I really love. And Josh did the first one where we talk about his movie and kind of where this concept came to be. But essentially each person will come to the episode with three cues. So something they're happy about, something they're grateful for, and something they want more of. And it's really going to be able to be a way that people can recommend art and ideas and food and really whatever. It's going to be really freeform. But I think something's really special when people can connect on things that they love. And I'm just really excited about this. What do you think, Sash? I love that so much. I love it. Will you come and do an episode? I would be honored. Great. I really would. Start thinking about your cues. Start thinking about the three things that you want to bring eventually. Okay, definitely. It's very, it's very funny because my last question for you was going to be sort of taking the idea that you often present of who would be the 10 people that you would invite to the imaginary dinner party. Yeah. But if you were to be living in this house for sheltering at home, self-isolation for a month, and you've got five people that you can bring, dead or alive, and food, (laughs) movies. It's your desert island discs mixed up with your uh, dinner party, all for quarantine. (laughs) Oh, that's such a good question, and I wish I had thought of it. Um, Oh, my God. I wish I was at your house upstate with you. We'll record your... Maybe I can come up in the summer or something. We'll record your episode of Happy Thank You More, Please, in person someday. Oh, my God. What a good question. And it's a bit unfair. I feel like that these questions are better to have time to think about. But yeah, just as totally. a top of your head, if any anything comes to okay, mind. Okay, great. I'll just do whatever. We'll just trust whatever comes up today. I mean, I, I, I'm not just saying this because you're here. I genuinely would really love you to be there. And that kind of checks the box of food too, because you would cook and <laughs> I, would, I would get to eat your food, which is like my favorite food ever. So that would be really nice. And I think having Mike there would be great. Who else? Um, I would want Busy Phillips there because I love her. <laughs> I would want... I'd want my friend Carolina. She would help pull her weight with the cooking too. She'd help you out. I wouldn't do any of it. <laughs> Maybe I'd help. I'd help. I'd obviously do the compost thing. I think I might be her assistant rather than the other way around. Though. <laughs> no, I think you're um, I would want my friend Katie there as well. Um, I think it'd be really cool to have my cousins. Um, you haven't met them yet, have you, Sash? I no. haven't. 
You would really like them. They're, I mean, anyone who like thinks I'm funny or likes any part of my personality like comes from just like mimicking them as a child because they're 10 years older than me and just like we're the coolest. So I'd, I'd want them there. Wow. This is, hmm. I feel like, I mean, I can't like just say Busy Phillips because it's, um, <laughs> have one celebrity would be maybe weird. Um, I mean, my go, I usually say Terry Gross, but I mean, yeah, sure. Terry can come for sure. Sasha, why am I blinking? Who who are other celebrities that? Oh, see, I'm gonna bring him for you, but also me, Stanley Tucci. We love in this family. So he <laughs> I can actually had that come. written down on a piece of paper right there. He can <laughs> come. <laughs> who who else? Who else do I really love that we always talk about? <laughs> I feel like I'm missing. I love Greta Gerwig. I think she'd be pretty fun. She'd be good. Yeah, maybe um, your my, maybe your future husband. The, uh, my future. <laughs> <laughs> We have this joke. So Sasha is an officiant. If you listen to our really sad Valentine's Day depressing episode we recorded last year uh, about my breakup, we talked about that. And we have this joke in this family that since my lucky number is 22, that I'm going to get married on 2-22-22. At 2-22. So, you know, sleep is in Seattle situation. If you're listening, (laughs) uh, feel free. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's the secret one that we won't mention just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's listening. <laughs> Doubtful, <laughs> but you know, maybe. You never know. Six degrees <laughs> and all that. <laughs> if you can guess who you are. Oh my God. <laughs> so funny. Oh, and, and if you, you know, you're in, in this self-isolation for a while. So is there a favorite podcast, album, um, song, yeah. movie? Oh, that's good. Hmm. I really love, I, I mean, I, I think a good podcast to bring would be Fresh Air with Terry Gross because it's really versatile and I would kind of learn a lot of things, but she would be with us. So maybe not that one. <laughs> um, you know, I honestly, I really do love Mark Maron's podcast still. And I love Justin Long's podcast. So maybe that one. And music... Right now, I would take the the Waxacatchy new album because I really love it and I feel like it's bright and I, I haven't gotten sick of it yet. So I would take that album. And would you bring Friends? The, the TV, TV show series? Friends? Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> definitely. I think I would because that's so cozy and great and, and robust and makes me feel good. And yeah, I think that would definitely be the TV show I would bring. And then movie... I don't know. Yeah, maybe one of Josh's moves. Maybe maybe Happy Thank You More, please, I would bring. I think I would like that. Because before Sunrise, those to me are podcasts. Like before podcasts were podcasts. Like they're a really nice conversation podcast, but mm. movies and book. I don't know. I'm looking right now. I have um, Dolly's book that you gave me for my birthday last year that I was reading while I was traveling. And I love. And I have Melissa Broder's So Sad Today book of essays that I really love and Jen Gotch's book, The Upside of Being Down. Um, so I would keep those three if I had to had to pick some. Um, but I don't know, maybe I would pick something I love and have read a million times. Um, I love well, Elizabeth next, Gilbert's Big Magic. Yeah, yeah. Next time I ask you these things, I'll give you a warning so okay, you can great. think about it a But then bit. that's a lot of pressure and I'd be stressed and I'd, I'd <laughs> make decisions, so this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Well, I guess the only other thing that I've been wondering about is how are you feeling about entering a new decade? It's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling everyone says like, oh, your 30s are so much better than your 20s. And I don't really think I had like the typical 20s for a lot of a plethora of reasons. Um, and so I'm kind of thinking my 30s might be like what your 20s were were like for a lot of people, which is cool. And I'm here for, and I'm excited about, but I feel a lot of like reinvention. Like I might be moving to a new place or I'm, I might be like, I, I, I feel like I look very different too. And that is, is really hard for me to be very honest, but, um, I feel like I just need to kind of lean into it and, um, allow it and so really like embrace the word my therapist said this to me reinvention like just get new clothes that fit you and start fresh and i i think you can do that at any time you don't need it to be new year's day or your birthday or a new moon however it is for me so <laughs> um mm-hmm might as well. And I feel that I like the fresh start. I, I do feel a little bit like 30 feels a little bit hard and in, in the sense of like, oh my God, I really thought my life would be a lot different than it is right now. But it and that's okay because this is actually pretty great. And I have a lot of gratitude and you know, and also it's a age that feels very adult in a way that feels like I have an additional pressure, I guess. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. You're you're sitting with it. You're not like, oh, this is how it's going to be and this is how I feel about it. It's like, uh, yeah, work in progress. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we all are always, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. And I like that because I think some people have very finite ideas about sort of turning big numbers and what life should be like or what they want things to happen and stuff. But I, I like the fluidity of that. That's the middle of your chart. <laughs> it's the gray yeah. area, right? And so. I think even like having this birthday, I, I think I maybe told you this when I was in Australia, I was like trying to decide like, okay, I'm meant to be in New York for March and April. I really don't like the months March and April in New York. They're my least favorite weather-wise months because I don't even mind the cold in January and February, but in March and April, it really gets to me because you you get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted to fully miss that, but I really wanted to be in New York for my birthday. I was like, I really want to have a party. I want to be this whole thing. I had a theme. I wanted to be 90s theme. <laughs> and I had this whole... I had this whole idea of it and it, I guarantee you it would not have been what I would have wanted it to be in my mind. <laughs> like it just, there is no way what I am planning in my mind is this like euphoric, amazing thing. And even if it was the low for that would have been so like, I would have gotten so high off the dopamine and validation of that, that then after I would have been sad or it wouldn't have measured up to what I wanted it to be. And then that would have been sad. So like I couldn't win. <laughs> And now that this quarantine happened, it's like, oh, pressure is off. Like, great. Like, it's fantastic. That's a beautiful positive spin. Maybe you have a, a Zoom 90s party or something. Yeah. Will you come? Yeah. I'm going to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. We can listen to Lilith Fair music. And, um, yeah, done. 
it's happening. You can share screen and watch clips of your favorite friends episodes. And Great. Like <laughs> I love this. I know you're thinking. This is fantastic. <laughs> oh, we could all come as our favorite characters yes. from 90s stuff. I'm going to send out an invitation like right after this for this. <laughs> <laughs> Mark your calendar. Well, I love you so much. Oh, Seriously. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me again. It really feels like an honor. Will you do it for 31? Absolutely. If you'll have me. I wonder how many years I'll do this podcast for. Like, do you think I'll be doing this when I'm 80? <laughs> gosh, who knows what the world will be like in 50 years? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I might not be interviewing you for your 80th. For my 80th? Oh, I don't I'll like be, to think about like, that. I'll be 102. Well, you might be. <laughs> I feel like our age gap will be less of a big thing when we're 80 and 102. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I think it'll still be like, nah, like we're, we're both old, you know? <laughs> TBD. People might think I'm older than you, you know? <laughs> I doubt it. All right, my love. You're going to, well, you already are aging well, but you at 102, you'll be hula hooping, you'll be cartwheeling, <laughs> and I'll probably be like in a wheelchair at 80s. So. <laughs> you'll be pushing me around. <laughs> well, let's, let's get to 30 first, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Fine. Um, wait, we got to do the deep breath together. Oh, yes. Definitely. Okay. Inhale. Let it out. was good so good you're the best love you love you happy birthday thank you thank you for listening all the way to the end honestly i clearly love sasha so much and it's really cool to be able to share with you i hope that you enjoyed this episode were entertained it made you laugh made you feel less alone i love you i hope to see you on the instagram live on my birthday if you're listening to this and you finished it the day it came out good on you and check out the kits honestly i would love to see what you think i will be like i said dosing out many of them but the ones that are available right now are the journaling 101 which is free the soothe kit which is part one of the breakups kits we're calling it the art of the breakup and part one is the soothe kit and it's just something i'm so proud of and then the solve kit which just launched today which is the next level to that i think the soothe kit is really a prerequisite to the solve kit but they go together really nicely the solve kit is robust and eight weeks and a lot of homework and actions and journaling and reflection and things to listen to and watch and I think you'll really like it. And then I, the only other one that's available right now, I think you guys know I help other people start podcasts and the most robust module of my eight module <laughs> Let a Podcast Out digital workshop was the interview module and I love interviewing and conversation and so I pulled that module out I added more things to it and I made it a standalone a la carte much lower price point offering on the kits website so if you want to learn about conversation and interviewing that's available as well send the soothe and solve kits to anyone going through heartbreak or breakups and I just want them to be available to anyone who needs them 
Let me know if you guys have any questions. I love you so much. And I'll talk to you next week with a new episode with my friend, Erin, who's an herbalist. She wrote the book, Plants for the People. I'll be back with you. And like I said, we don't have sponsors right now. It's a hard time for, I think, some of the brands that I'm working with. So I'm going to try to keep doing this podcast for as long as I can. (laughs) It costs money to make. So, you know, I'm going to do it for as long as I can afford to but if you want to support us we do have a patreon page and a couple people are on there i give new journaling prompts every month and it's a really i want it to be a really cool community so that could be another way to support the podcast if you want no pressure this is a free podcast and just enjoy but i just wanted to put that out there the emoji for this week's episode is the birthday cake why not here we are i am 30 love you bye bye